It is a Philly beatdown, but the Braves can't gain any ground. Every game's important, every game's big, and they all mean a lot now. Welcome to the Braves Report, the new podcast from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that takes you inside the clubhouse and gives you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black with AJC Braves beat writer Justin Toscano coming to us from Truist Park. And Justin, it was not the best series against the Giants, but the Braves sure do show how wide the gap is between them and the other wildcard teams. Right. Um, And it's something they've been doing all season and really since their hot run started in the second half or to June was anytime they've even remotely hit a roadblock, they've come back strong uh, and they'd lost four of five to end that West Coast road trip. They were not happy about it. And so this weekend they came in and swept a three game series against another wild card contender um, and they were three complete victories. All right, coming up, we will break down where the NL East race stands with 15 games to go. We will dig into Spencer Strider's historic day. Plus, how does another injury to Ozzie Albies change things? Is Ronald Lacuna back to his old self? And what's up with the top of the order? Finally, we've got details on our first ever Braves Report ticket giveaway and live taping event. If this is your first time listening to the show, please follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. The Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is brought to you by Kroger. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. All right, Justin, so let's start off first with our two big announcements for our loyal Braves Report listeners. As a thank you, and to celebrate our first year, we are giving away four tickets to one lucky listener to the sold-out Braves-Mets game on Saturday, October 1st at 7.15. They're good seats in Section 214, and we're going to throw in a parking pass. Now, for those of you who enter but do not win the tickets, you will be invited by email for a chance to claim your spot at our first-ever live taping of the Braves Report from Truist Park. We've got 20 seats to give away just for listeners to the podcast, and they are available on a first-come, first-served basis. We've also got free food. The World Series trophy will be there. So will Blooper. We've got some surprises, and you'll hear myself, Justin, and some other members of the AJC staff talking baseball on Thursday, September 29th at the stadium starting at 630. So to enter this random drawing, go to AJC.com slash Braves tickets and enter by September 24th. That is AJC.com slash Braves tickets. The sweepstakes is not sponsored or endorsed by the Braves. Terms and conditions apply. We will announce the winner on the podcast Monday, September 26th. So check your email that day, and we look forward to seeing you at the ballpark. And, Justin, we could not be more excited about this. Yeah, no, this is going to be a really fun, well, really couple fun things. Uh, we really appreciate you guys listening and supporting us through our first year. Um, and, by the way, I heard that's supposed to be a pretty big series we're giving away tickets to. So that'll be good. And then the live taping is going to be a lot of fun. Um, You and I really just usually just do this off the cuff. Um, There's not a lot of editing involved. And so it's going to be fun to show you guys kind of what we do and talk some ball with you all. Yeah, okay, really looking forward to seeing everybody at the ballpark. So please uh, go ahead and enter, enter for the tickets. And uh, also, uh, second chance uh, winners get a chance to join us for the live taping at Truist Park. And speaking of what happened at Truist Park this weekend, the Braves sweep the Phillies. But 
the Mets sweep the Pirates, so the deficit in the division is still one game. And this was certainly a week that New York wanted to put some distance between themselves and Atlanta and couldn't do it. Yeah, 100%. Um, and a lot of that was because the Cubs go into New yeah. York, go into Queens, and they sweep the Mets. And this was no fluke. Uh, they piled on David Peterson. They had These were big wins for the Cubs. I mean, this wasn't some you know lucky series. It was really a chance for the Mets to pull away a little bit, and they could not. And uh, I think with the way things are trending and the way the Braves are playing, especially at home where they've won eight straight, the Mets are really going to regret not pulling away come the end of September when there's three games here between the Braves and the Mets. They will probably go a long way in deciding this division. Um, And they just could not take advantage of the Braves losing four or five and three in a row at one point. Um, The Braves, on the other hand, could have taken first place and held it. But that's neither here nor there. The Mets missed a big opportunity to, you know, get this lead, push it a little bit and hold it until that huge series. And the Braves have life. Now, there is not much left to say about Spencer Strider's season, certainly um, on this podcast, except now it is truly historic, becoming the first Brave rookie since Kid Nichols 132 years ago to strike out 200 batters in a season. Um, I mean, it's it's a good achievement. More interested in winning the games, uh, so I would have gl- gladly sacrificed some of those strikeouts for, uh, you know, maybe another inning, fewer pitches. Um not hanging a slider oh oh to bomb there in the sixth first to do something since 1890 ho-hum no big deal yeah that's that's spencer strider for you um and if you were to look at this his 200 strikeout was the final out and i guess what you could say his 130th inning so it took him 130 innings to get to 200 strikeouts this season which is the fastest a pitcher has ever done it uh the second fat you know the fastest before this was randy johnson in that great oh one season um, and he did it in 130 and two-thirds innings. So, yeah, uh, just your your average 23-year-old kid doing something like this and then shrugging it off and saying that he wishes he had one of the sliders back during a, you know, a sensational rookie season. It's really been, for him and for the Braves, um, he's just kind of blossomed into pretty much anything that's something that's exceeded expectations. They never knew what he was going to be. Sure, they viewed him as a starter all along, but he was a guy who started in the bullpen, and Brian Snicker said it best. He goes, it's an awesome story. You just don't see that too often. Um, and it's true. He starts in the bullpen, and he looks good, and we talked about him a lot on this podcast even then. And when he finally got his rotation opportunity, he didn't look back. And here's an interesting number for you. So of the the pitchers in Major League Baseball who have logged 125 or more innings, his 38.3 strikeout rate, which simply is – the percentage of the batters you face that you strike out, his 38.3% strikeout rate leads the majors. Um, and if it finished, the season finished today, it would be the third highest such mark uh, in history. So he's having, we're kind of witnessing history before our eyes, even if it feels a little bit cheesy to say that because of all the co- accomplishments he's kind of putting on the ledger right now. And it's almost kind of become you know, standard operating procedure now. Spencer Strider's taking them out. He's going to strike out at least eight. Right, exactly. I mean, you'd figure. I mean, even in the – well, look at this. He walked a batter in each of the first three innings today and ends with ten strikeouts. Uh, The past couple games he's had a rough inning or two, 
Um, and he still ended with, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten strikeouts. And now he's got six double-digit strikeout games and 20 starts. It's pretty incredible. Um, and I think his magnificence sort of lies in the fact that he makes this look so effortless. Uh, and it most certainly is not when you're facing guys like Bryce Harper and JT Real Muto and Pete Alonso and J.J. Blade or whoever you want to say throughout baseball, throughout this division – and he makes it look easy. He's got an effortless 98, an effortless 100, um, whatever it may be. And the funniest thing was, well, today, uh, Robbie Grossman said that he asked Reese Hoskins about Strider's fastball. And he goes, yep, that's a <laughs> that's a good 98, a good 100. Um, and guys around the league are really starting to talk about it being a lot different. Here's Snit on what he expected from Strider this year. I had no expectations whatsoever. Um you know, we didn't know if we stretched him out as a starter. You didn't know if he was going to stay in the bullpen. You kind of looked at him profiling as a bullpen guy. Um, <clears throat> then with, uh, I think, the development of his secondary pitches, it's, been, it's an awesome story. You just don't see that a lot. And, and those kind of low expectations kind of sum up this entire rotation this season. A hundred percent. The interesting part about this rotation is that let's just take what we – discussed you know a probable conversation during spring training we figured okay you've got max freed you hope he pitches well and ascends into that next year you've got charlie morton you hope he's been what he's been throughout his career you know the last five years of his career and then you've got ian anderson looking to take the next step but what are you going to get at a four and at a five well they've kind of turned it on its head yes max freed has been terrific and might have stepped into that tier of baseball's aces but the way the Braves have done this is with a breakout season from Kyle Wright, with Spencer Strider storming onto the scene and, and really never looking back. Um, and then now you've got Jay Godorizzi. And, and really, you look at this, and if I would have told you, or a Braves fan, uh, three months ago, four months ago, five months ago, that Ian Anderson was going to have an ERA over five and not really pitch in the rotation the second half of the season, and Waskar Inoa was going to be a non-factor and Charlie Morton was going to be up and down a little bit but the Braves are going to have the one of the best rotations in baseball I mean how would you have reacted to that it's been it's been insane and when you look at Wright who's got his 18 wins even though he knows that's not what it used to be I've said numerous times it's definitely a team award Um, you know we got to score runs you got to play defense and then the bullpen's got to shut it down and you know fortunately we've got a really good team and guys have uh you know, help help me win those games. So um, it just says a lot about our team. Strider, of course, the best rookie pitcher in the National League, and they've done this despite a serious workload. Which is that a, a concern anymore? I mean, it is to a degree, but innings limits are sort of arbitrary nowadays. And I think what that means is that a guy like Spencer Strider, who is in tune with his body, knows what he needs to do, can tweak his routine whenever he wants to. Those guys are becoming valuable because they know themselves. They know what they can handle. I think a workload catches up to a guy, right? Like Kyle Wright has missed a couple starts due to arm fatigue and different cases of it. One in August, one this month. Um, but that's not any of his fault. It's just a triple-A season is much different than a big league season. And he's throwing a lot of innings, increased workload, things like that. Um, but there's no innings limit on him. There's no innings limit on Spencer Strider. And that's because I think you go, you can go start by start. And teams are realizing that it's like it might be better 
to do that. So you're monitoring a guy each start, each outing, each inning, and you can watch stressful innings. You can watch stressful starts um, and plan it out that way and kind of not script it, but know what parameters you're sticking to rather than a hard innings limit. Um, And especially when you've got a guy like Spencer Strider who really keeps up with himself and knows what he does. And and Kyle Wright, too, always using resistance bands and doing what he can. And, and he's really big into arm care, both of those two. I mean, I think it's something, an innings limit, something that's just become an I- idea more than something that's proven as complete fact for helping pitchers. Now, if, for example, Mike Soroka were to come back, he told me months ago that the Braves are hoping if he did make it to the majors this year that he'd stay under 60 innings. That's a workload in, you know, in general, and things like that still exist. But in terms of guys pitching in their first big league seasons or something like that, it's almost you monitor it day-to-day and with kind of the information you have. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The Braves Report is brought to you by Kroger. All right, parents, Kroger Chef Jr. is back. If your kids are ready to learn, Come to your local Kroger chef for a guided kids cooking experience making a lettuce wrap on September 24th at select Kroger locations. Each Kroger Chef Junior is a 30-minute class where your child will receive an apron, a patch, a chef's hat, recipe card, and box, and a whisk for only $7 per child. So register your time period today at KrogerChefJr.com. That is KrogerChefJr.com. I might have missed the boat on that because I was making some mac and cheese the other night, and I could have used that whisk. Uh, so we, we will we will allow you to to register at KrogerChefJr.com. Uh, you don't meet the age limit, but we'll see if we can get you a whisk um, for <laughs> for what five bucks for whisk about five dollars to get your mac and cheese. What what are you what are you whisking up mac and cheese for? Just is it not like a craft thing? No, no, I was making my own, uh, and I was uh, making my own cheese sauce, and it it takes a lot longer. And uh, let's just say that I couldn't play major league baseball with the wrist i think you need it it improved my wrist strength a little bit but it takes a little longer with a fork than than a true whisk that's a lot of effort for mac and cheese i I commend you on that (laughs) yeah i mean uh we'll see back to ball i guess though all right yeah let's talk about uh, ozzy alves oh i hate it for him just my heart breaks for him after everything he went through to get back here and then have that happen it's just god's horrible for him man he was just having so much fun and, and being old Oz and, um, you know, he's playing ball, what he loves to do. That's just, it's a, it's a shame and I hate it for him. That's Brian Snicker who says all is not lost for Albies who fractured his pinky finger for the postseason. Well, he'll miss the rest of the regular season and we'll see, you know, postseason, it's possibility, but it, he'll, he'll be done for the regular season. What's the mood of the room now? A couple of days after Ozzy went down. Yeah, guys hate it for him, and we've heard a cut. You know, it really sucks to see is basically the mood of the room. But they've been playing without him for months and only had him back for a little over 24 hours. So they feel bad for him, and their heart breaks for him. But they've had experience with this. This isn't going to be the same type of gut punch that it would 
if you know he'd been playing the whole season to this point and now went out and that's the feel I get that they got used to it you know Von Grissom has stepped in really nicely and Ozzie can still be around the clubhouse around the team um you know on trips if they let him if they want him to improve morale but they had gotten used to playing without him for a few months and they'd expected him back so it's it's a gut punch, but it's not the same type of emotional swing I think it would have been if this happened in a season where Albies was playing his best, you know, and was an all-star and or even just, a, you know, a great second baseman like he is, and then he goes down. You know, they, they've had a little bit of experience getting through this. They know they can do it. They know they can handle adversity, and I think it's going to be, you know, smooth for them, especially because we've seen how well Grissom has fit in. As for Grissom and what he has learned from hanging around Aussie, yeah, we got to we got to field some ground balls together and stuff. So we talked, and I'm just I just try to be like his little bro, you know. Uh, obviously, I know he's uh, he's the chief over here, so I just learn from him. I watch him like sometimes in the game. I'm not even I'm just looking at him, you know, just learning from him. But um, yeah, it's more of a like the work that he puts in and really speaks a lot more than like conversations, you know. I mean, he like I said, I try to be like his little bro, and he feels the same way. He teaches me, but um. Just you know, it's baseball. You know, we just uh, communicate throughout, like through a bunch of different ways. What's the biggest thing you can take from a player like that and the way he goes about his business? Um, I mean, I have no idea how old he he is, but uh, he's been the best infielder in the league for a couple seasons now. Whether someone said it or someone didn't, but he he has, and um, you know, just being around him is just amazing. You know, I guess I can learn so much. Grissom's obviously been awesome, but going to be a much bigger stage now that he's going to have to step on pretty much by himself. Yeah, and I think that's the one remaining question you have is how is he going to handle October and its pressure? I think the Braves have seen in their rookies that they usually don't get too high, don't get too low. Um, at least they've seen that a lot with Harris and Strider. They're seeing more and more of Grissom every day. Um, but these guys have really looked ready for the stage. I mean, this is... This is the same kid, and granted, it was not the postseason stage, but this is the same kid who stepped up to bat in you know, his first big league game in his debut and blasted one over the Green Monster and onto Lansdowne Street. So I think it, it, the stage isn't going to be too big for him. It's just his personality. He, I, You can tell he loves the big moments. He wants the big stage. He wants to take center stage, even if it hurts, as he acknowledged, if even if it hurts to take over for a player like Albies who – was injured in the way he was um but i think you're going to learn a lot about von grissom and this could be a positive you never want to see a guy go down but you have to deal with the hand that you're given and for the braves they're going to learn a lot about von grissom his makeup um and whether he can really sustain this and i don't think there are a lot of questions to that he's a great ball player a great hitter already um but it is going to be fascinating to see how he handles the postseason pressure and that sort of stage because it's a lot different and when you look at the Braves the big picture heading into October we always had talked about how it's just a great problem to have this this log jam and now they do not have that um you have Vaughn Grissom who's going to be your starting second baseman you have Orlando Arcia um, who's going to back him up and you have Adrianza who's going to be the third back up there when he's healthy you don't have the type of depth that you once did because Albies won't be, you know, returning. He might in the postseason. 
And so I think that's where you're going to feel it is if, you know, one of your outfielders or two of your outfielders aren't hitting or something like that. You were always going to have an extra bat in Grissom, somebody who could maybe play left field, somebody who could be a DH. And now he's going to be a second baseman. So you lose a little bit in that regard and a lot of talent in Albies. Um, but it's going to be a good trial run for them to learn a lot more about Grissom. The good news, though. Ronnie's heating up. Good to see Ronnie, you know, kind of getting this thing going here a little bit. You know, I think he started on the road trip and and kind of, you know, I think he's feeling good physically. And and um, so it's pretty good time good for him. If he's going to wants to get hot right now, that'd be great. Two homers in this series, 350 average this week. Is Acuna back? <sighs> Is this the same question you asked me like three other times <laughs> during this season? I... I think he is – I think he's really – I think he's officially back now. Yeah, you see – you see it all. You saw the home runs. You saw an RBI double. You saw balls that were stung. And then you saw the great defensive play on Saturday, and you've seen the great base running. Now, the only question is, is his knee going to hold up to the point where he can continue being himself to the degree to put up these numbers, to have this type of impact – because when he's in right field, he's a weapon, and they need him out there because the ripple effect is really terrific for them when he's out there. Because when they play him in right field and he's able to be there daily, they can put William Contreras at DH. And right now with the way he's hitting, Contreras deserves to be playing every day. And you can't do that if you're giving Acuna you know, the DH spot. And so I think he's back. He looks The energy looks to be there. Um, swing-wise, he looks to be there. Um, and he's just doing it on in all facets of the game. But he has had a couple of these stretches, you know, a couple good weeks throughout this season where we've thought that, and it just hasn't been sustained. I think this will be the time that's going to be different, um, especially because he's one of those guys who, you know, he missed the postseason last year. He wanted, you know, to be with the team, and I think he's really going to relish that opportunity this year, and he's heating up at the right time. And Acuna getting hot has certainly made the, the top of the order look a little bit better, but it is still a struggle. I have all year. I mean, they're going to go through these kind of stretches. You're not going to hit on all cylinders all the time, and you just got to weather the storm. Last two weeks, though, Dansby's hitting 234, Riley 140, Olsen 077. Yeah, they've got to have more from that top of the lineup, especially as playoff time comes. Uh, against these great pitching staffs, when you face one of them consistently, whether it be the Mets or the Dodgers, um, I think you've got to have that top of the lineup clicking. The bottom half has shown that it can do it. Robbie Grossman has given you more than maybe you thought he would give you. Um, you know, we mentioned Contreras. Harris and Grissom have been excellent. Uh, Eddie Rosario here and there has hit. But you've got to have that top of the lineup. At the end of the day, the Braves are their star power. Um, they have a lot of depth, but every team relies on its stars. And the Braves are a much better team when to at least you know two of those guys in the top four hitting uh and they become a much deeper threat a much more dangerous threat to opposing pitching staffs um and that's gonna i think you know this was a great three-game sweep against the phillies considering the top of the order struggles but the giants and the phillies and the mariners that's a lot different than the dodgers and the mets um and the braves can definitely still beat those teams they are deep enough for the bottom half of their order to carry them they have proven that uh that is not a question but their chances of course greatly greatly increase if that top of the order starts going again um and if you're if you're a braves fan you look at it like well they were super hot after june 
you know, you didn't expect them to never have, you know, never slump again. And you hope that they're doing it with a few weeks to spare and that they turn things around, you know, right before October. Like maybe it's good to get it out of the system at this point in September if they can get hot before October. But it's pretty obvious. Like we're not sharing any state secrets here. Like they need this top of the lineup to produce for them to win another World Series. I don't I just don't think it's a good recipe to only have that bottom half, even as well as it's produced uh, down the stretch in October. But the good news is they've got talent up there. That's not the issue. And these guys have had slumps before. Like Riley had a rough part earlier in the season. Olsen had a really rough time after his first few great weeks. Uh, Dansby had the worst two weeks you could ever imagine to begin the season, then was hot after that. Guys go through this. Um, and I think, you know, if they can right the ship here, the Braves are going to have a lot better opportunity to achieve their goals this season. That whole Matt Olson's in, though, is a little bit deeper than the others right now. I mean, I don't think it's pressing. I think it's just, you know, guys go so good for so long, you know, it's it's kind of the peaks and valleys of, of the long season. And, and But, no, I don't think he's the type of, he's going to press and he's going to continue to stay with his approach, and it's been pretty good. And, and you know, just you go through those as hitters. And, and um, you know, and these guys will fight through it. I mean, they keep you know showing up and preparing and and they'll fight through it and you know on the when you handle adversity on the back end of it it's pretty good but i am glad you were able to catch up with matt to find out the mind of a slugger who's struggling yeah I mean, obviously the consistency hasn't been there um just fouling off a lot of pitches in the zone uh typically not gonna have much success when you're fouling off the pitches you should be hitting. Um, yeah, just a tick under some stuff. No. Talking centimeters here of, of a foul ball in the back of the net and, uh, you know, a ball squared up. That's it. Just centimeters. Yeah. And that's the way hitting goes is it's so finicky. It's almost like pitching mechanic, like a pitcher. It's so finicky that you're a little – you're on time here, good. You're a little off there not so good. Matt Olson, if for the people who care about maybe signs of life, scorched a ball at 107 miles an hour to center field, a 397-foot flyout in Saturday's game. He's barely pulled three or four balls foul that would have been home runs if they're straightened out a little bit, um, if you're on time a little bit. I talked to him today. So we're doing this on a Sunday. I talked to him before this Sunday game, which also did not go well for him. Kind of about, he's trying to find a balance between the analytics and the video and his own feel and that seems to be the thing hitters are getting to these days kind of the overarching battle they have is the video and the analytics can tell you a lot and you can study up up a lot on them but at the end of the day there can be some paralysis by analysis and that's what matt told me was well you try to find that line of you know earlier in the season he knows that a couple months back he dove really far into the mechanical stuff and sometimes it doesn't pay off because you do get paralysis by analysis and sometimes it's better to take a step back and relax a little bit and simplify things and that's where he's trying to get uh right now and I asked him where where that line is and and he looked at me and he smiled and started laughing he said if he knew the answer he wouldn't be we wouldn't be having the conversation right now All right, now just in time for the pennant chase and the postseason, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has got its best offer of the year for subscribers. And if you are not already subscribing, this is a great time to give us a shot. As you hear in this podcast, Justin is right there in the clubhouse 
every day, getting sound, having conversations that few people in Atlanta are able to have. So for a limited time, we are offering unlimited digital access to everything the AJC has to offer for just 99 cents for the next six months. So you'll save 75 bucks for the best journalism in Georgia, and you get access to all of our digital products. That includes AJC.com, all of our newsletters, including the Braves Report and Mark Bradley's Buzz, the Braves After the Game pages and the e-paper with some spectacular photographs and design, all that and more. So take advantage of this deal. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That is subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast so you always know what's really going on. That's, a, that's, that's, that's pretty good for you, for six months of you, Justin, for, for Buck. Oh, I, th- I think so. I mean, I think pretty, yeah, I'd try to be, I'd try to show some humility, but I think highly of myself, and I certainly think highly of the work we do here. And I think, uh, if I can just have a minute here, Jay, a lot of the sound we get from these podcasts, you know, is was from Seattle, was from Los Angeles, was from San Diego, was from Pittsburgh, was from St. Louis. Uh, I've been on the road at every city this year and will continue to be on the road uh through this season through the postseason as will you and the only way we can do that is through subscribers and it it really changes a lot that we can be here we can be talking to these players um can be you know embedded with the beat here um and kind of with the team to get you this access to get you the inside stories um and then we always say here that we want to tell you the stories behind the score that isn't possible without subscribers um and i think we've got a really good deal going on we always do have these great deals um and now would be a good time to take advantage of it and without sounding too addy i am very proud of the work we've done here and the support we get for doing it now what's next for the braves it's all in the division to the rest of the way next three you're at home against the nationals kyle wright will go on monday against Corey abbott then uh, charlie morton will go tuesday against patrick corbin and then max freed gets the ball on wednesday then four more with the phillies so another very important week here yeah on uh, course um the national series you when you looked at this homestand you looked at okay how are they going to handle those first three against philly especially after a rough end of the road trip they were on the road for a long time this could be a good stabilizer a good measuring stick and they looked great that four game series in philadelphia that's the one the phillies have circled on the calendar right now where they can really make a statement where they can show how good they are where they can take a few of those back from the braves um so you don't want to look past washington but on the other hand, I've been looking at that Philly series for a couple weeks because other than that Mets series, that's the toughest one the Braves have the rest of the way because they've got another one against Washington after that. And after the Mets series, they've got one against the Marlins. So that Philly series is another opportunity for the Braves to lose some ground. Um, and if they can hold serve, they give themselves a great chance going into that Mets series. Meanwhile, for the Mets, it's the desperate Brewers and the A's this week. That Brewers one, don't sleep on them. And here's why. I think the Braves have a great opportunity in the first half of this week because against the Nationals, you should be able to take care of business. The Brewers, for all their lineup struggles here and there, they can pitch. They have a great rotation and they have a great bullpen. And what has been the Mets' issue to this point, other than the bullpen, at times, they have not been able to hit. They have not been able to hit the Nationals pitching staff, you know, recently, the Pirates pitching staff um, over there in Pittsburgh for one of those games, and then the Cubs sh- almost, you know, basically shut them down. That Brewers one, that Brewers-Mets series is going to be really interesting and poses a great opportunity for the Braves to tie the Mets and maybe take first. 
All right, now time for the always popular Ask Justin segment where we take questions on Twitter at Justin C. Toscana. First up from Jay from Swanee. How's it going at Arizona State? Oh, oh man. Well, as your AJC Braves beat writer was filling out the Spencer Strider story, I guess I guess Herm Edwards is out. I guess right. news broke. I haven't gotten to yeah. see that, but things are things are not going well. I yesterday was one of those games where usually when you play Eastern Michigan, you figure that you can just check the score if you're working. You can just check the score at some point later in the night. I did, and they had lost to Eastern Michigan, which is the worst loss, all things considered since I like before I went to school there like in maybe two decades so things are not going well but we're always going to be optimistic yeah well it'll be with a new coach now because Herm's uh Herm's out meanwhile back to baseball uh from James White should the Braves keep chasing the NL East title or let guys rest and get ready for the playoffs I think the Braves should keep definitely keep chasing the NL East title you still have to be smart because this is a team that is built for a deep October run so you can't push over the line too much but in a year where, you know, now that we have the playoff format with the wild card series, it's a big advantage to win the division. Now, do I think the Braves need to win the division as badly as the Mets do? No, not at all. The Braves are a better team. They're deeper. They're more talented. They have more. But I think they've got to push as hard as they can to win the division with a lot of these decisions because that gives you such a big advantage. Just look at the bracket. If the Braves win the division... They'll face the Cardinals in the National League Division Series. If they don't win the division, they'll have to face either you know the Phillies, the Padres, or the Brewers in the best of three, and we're not really sure how much chaos that's going to create. Then you got to get the Dodgers in a five-game series. Right, yeah, and then you, when you expend your pitching after that wild-card series, oh, by the way, here's game one in L.A. Yep. You know, game, and so I think they've, you've, you've got to win the division. Um, can this Braves team still win a world series out of the wild card series yeah sure they're talented enough they're deep enough like their roster one to 28 is going to be about as good as anybody um you know if not better but you've got to win the division next up from at walker lv 2000 should they move olsen down in the lineup no i think i think he's fine for now i mean i think if they want to move him down to fifth or sixth fine but you want those top four in sync and and kind of connecting and firing on all cylinders right before the postseason i don't think brian snick i mean he's shown the willingness to use different lineups but i mean i think he's going to keep his guy in there you know no lower than sixth dante kingsley asks, which guys are making the playoff roster and who's left off oh yeah that's that's tough. I mean, check back I think, with us in a week. Yeah, that yeah, that's that's a tough one right now, especially because you got guys on the IL. Uh, who knows what Kirby Yates is going to be like um, when that comes around, or if there's a postseason spot to be had. Adrianza, how do they play the infielders now that uh, you know the backup infield spots now that they've you know already got a deep outfield but lost Albies when Grissom would have probably been an outfielder too. I yeah, check back with us in a week. Kirby Yates has some shoulder inflammation, by the way, so he's day-to-day at the moment. Next up from Chris Chafee, 84. How awesome has Grossman been for the Braves? Will they keep him next year? This is a guy that when they signed or when they acquired him, rather, I thought there's, you know, there's no shot they re-sign him. He's just a rental. I thought it signaled perhaps their willingness to spend in free agency or just at least keep the flexibility because he was a rental and they didn't have to bring him back but he's been terrific uh he always gives you a competitive at bat a pro at bat 
Um, and he's really lengthened that lineup and has made it a lot deeper and has gotten some really, really big hits. Uh, and he just goes about his business. I, I could see them re-signing him. Now, it's going to be – we'll see because they have Eddie Rosario. Um, they already have him signed. But it, and it some of it might depend on what happens to Marcelo Zuna in terms of roster spots, things like that. Um, if they want a better outfielder, a more splashy name, I guess they can go get one in free agency. But I think Robbie Grossman is a really solid fit if you want to make that left field spot a platoon, especially because the rest of your outfield, you know, center field and right field are very well taken care of, as we know. From Luke, do you see Strider developing a third pitch this offseason? His fastball and slider are so dominant that he seems to generate more swings and misses than contact. If he got the ground ball rate up, more quick outs, he could easily go seven or eight. Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's worked on the changeup. He doesn't use it very often, but he likes where it is metrically. It's just a matter of like getting that feel, which is hard to do in a season start to start. Um, so he hasn't thrown it a ton, but he can throw it. And I think that's the one he might focus on most. Like, I don't see, you know, a new pitch, but I, I see him really honing that changeup, especially because if he can kind of pound him with the fastball and get that slider in there, that, that changeup is going to be a big difference when you're talking about a 98, 100-mile-an-hour fastball. All right, finally, winners of the week, you first. My winner of the week is, come on, like I try to get creative with these. I try to be funny. We try to add some humor. Can you pick anybody else but Spencer Strider? Like, I mean, guys have had good weeks. You could go Acuna, but Spencer Strider is having the rookie season of a lifetime. Um, It might end up being the best rookie season for a pitcher ever when it's all said and done, um, depending on what numbers you want to look at. And the fact that he just shrugs it off makes him even cooler. We mentioned that he was the first Brave to strike out 200 since Kid Nichols in 1890. Kid Nichols is a Hall of Famer who was also listed at five foot 10 inches and 175 pounds. Wow, that's interesting. And yeah, and like being the, and being the first Braves rookie to strike out 200 in the modern era and to do so 100 plus years. And those guys pitched a lot more innings than Strider did. Yeah, no, <laughs> they almost pitched yeah. more innings in a week than Strider's yeah, yeah. going to pitch this Yeah, season. yeah, I was, I was going to say, yeah, no, Kid Nichols, I wonder if he did that. Do you think he did that in his 50th start or his 52nd start of the season? According to baseball reference, um, Kid Nichols' rookie season, he was 27-19 and 19 with 424 innings. Oh, my God. That's like – and they pitched for a long time, too. Like, yeah. they these were not short careers. Uh Holy smokes! What what it would what it would be like to have to have over a thousand innings on your arm by you know two and two and a half years in. Kid Nichols with a fifteen year career pitched five thousand innings of the major leagues. Oh my god! <laughs> That's uh, it's always funny going back to baseball reference and and looking at those and seeing how much the game has changed. Uh, another, I think, another Braves. So the Braves have had a couple. Uh, a few seasons where two pitchers have gotten 200 strikeouts. They're going to do it again probably this year uh, with Charlie Morton, you know, fingers crossed for his health and everybody's health. But old Haas Radburn was one of those pitchers back in the day that, yes. that was one of those guys that pitched, you know, had 200 strikeouts. It's just the names you see. And my winner of the week is our loyal listeners to the Braves Report in our first season, and we will use that for one more reminder that we've got our big ticket giveaway coming up uh, starting right now. So go to AJC.com slash Braves tickets so you can enter to win four seats to the sold-out Braves-Mets game on Saturday, October 1st. And if you do not win the tickets, you will automatically be 
put on the list to receive an invitation and an email on how you can join us at our first ever AJC Braves Report podcast live, which we will do on Thursday, September 29th from the stadium. Yeah, then that, that's going to be a lot of fun. And, and as always, it's going to be great to meet some of you, great to show you what we do. And we do this for you. We don't just sit here behind these mics uh, to hear ourselves talk and get our own satisfaction out of it. If you ever saw me transcribe, you would see that I hate hearing myself talk. So we do not <laughs> do it for that. We want to give you the stories behind the score. We want to give you more inside access. Uh, so yeah, like Jay always says, like, subscribe, drop your suggestions to us. If you think we could be doing something better or something differently or there's something you want to see, um, whether it be on Twitter, our emails, anything like that, uh, drop us comments, drop us you know reviews, whatever you want. But we do appreciate the support because it has been fun doing this for you guys and getting that good feedback on how much you like it. But we want to make it the best we can for you. AJC.com slash Braves tickets is how you enter the sweepstakes. And uh, Justin, we'll, we'll talk to you again next week from Philadelphia. Yes, sir. That'll be what twenty cheesesteaks in by that four game series, maybe. So I don't. I, if oh, so we'll 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 see you guys next week if if I'm alive, I guess. And that's it for the Braves report from the Atlanta Journal Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.